Improving your riding skills not only makes riding far more fun, it also makes you a safer rider. And that's why we do our exclusive rider skills program here on Adventure Rider Radio. On this episode, we have BMW certified instructor extraordinaire Clinton Smout from his facility in Ontario, Canada. Now, what Clinton has for us today is how to get turned around when you don't make that hill climb. Also, another perhaps more useful way to pick up your bike. And of course, with Clinton, we have a few stories to illustrate his points, which always add to the fun of the information that he's giving us. All this and more coming up today. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Sam Before we get started, I want to thank these fine companies that helped get this episode out today. Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters, cyclepump.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. Clinton Smout is the owner of Smart Adventures located in Ontario, Canada at the Horseshoe Resort. Clinton is certified to teach all things off-road. As a matter of fact, ATVs, snowmobiles, and his favorite, which is motorcycles. He's a certified BMW off-road instructor for motorcycles along with a bunch of other certs. Clinton has taught tens of thousands of riders to better handle their machines. And on this episode, we're turning our bikes around on a hill when we didn't make the climb. Now, now, this method is not for the really hardcore riders. Because once you master this, then it takes the fear out of any hill that you want to try, whether it's it's dirt or, or even paved for that matter. But any hill you want to try, mainly, I guess, dirt. Once you know how to stop and turn around, well, the whole world is wide open for you. Clinton, welcome back. Hello, Jim. Great to hear from you. What is happening for you in Ontario this year? Well, as of the rest of the world, we've been shut down due to COVID-19, but we're so excited. Yesterday, we had 24 instructors come for what we call recertification day. Uh, I guess 22 plus two new instructors so it's nice to get back to work. That was your your, oh. your first step back to work. Now you're you're taking bookings right now. You have online registration open for for what is that for July? For July, and I've also sold a ton of surplus dirt bikes, ATVs, and I always worry that the kid whose dad has bought him the bike doesn't know how to ride, and dad's going to teach him. No offense to dads, but we make horrible instructors. <laughs> so. Uh, we have a rule if your son or daughter hasn't ridden before, you want to buy a used bike off of me. It comes with a complimentary training course. Mm. So that that way, when they drive away, uh, at least I can sleep at night thinking the guy was great on the clutch. They know how to do a stop. They're going to be okay. 
<laughs> well, that's always nice. That's a, that's a handy way to buy a used bike when it comes with a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done, you know, a smattering of teaching, but we haven't been officially open to the public. Mm, but you've been riding. Oh, my goodness, yes. I'm so spoiled. And it's interesting because some of our instructors took the advisement of, I think it came from medical personnel or maybe political suggestions that if you're a motorcyclist, you shouldn't be riding during COVID because you're more likely to get hurt, end up making a greater demand of our emergency medical services, and that would be very selfish. So I have a few instructors that haven't ridden in 2020, but I kind of heard that suggestion and I thought, you know what? I ride my bike on back roads to work. Sometimes it's through the bush. There's no traffic interaction. I have my own gas pump, so I'm not interacting, you know, getting, putting my germs or getting germs at a gas pump. It, it was a very self-contained, isolated ride. So I've been riding since late March every day. Oh, wow. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a big debate. I mean, a lot of people didn't ride. I, I didn't ride, but yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I know there's there's people advocating now for riding saying, hey, you're doing it by yourself. And it makes a lot of sense. But hopefully we'll be yeah. over this soon and we'll all be back to riding. And I think most people are now as, as the weather changes and, and things start to open up. I think most people are getting on their bikes now. Right. Well, today we're talking about, we're kind of talking about failing really today. <laughs> I was oh, going to say we're talking about hill climbing, but it's kind of fail, isn't it? It is. I'm very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way to fail correctly, you know, and, yes. and, and let's face it, with, with something like this, I mean, hill climbs, who isn't going to find a time where they go to run up a hill and, and not be able to make it the whole way up? I think if you're an adventure bike rider, even if you're traveling abroad, there's some steep hills in Peru and Chile that, you know, maybe it's a little greasy, muddy after a rain. There's some big hills you're probably not going to make it up. Mm -hmm. And of course, this skill that we're going to talk about that you're going to teach us is, uh, is something that's going to save you and really take away a lot of the fear that people have with hill climbing, because that is a big fear, getting partway up the hill and all of a sudden you have to stop. And, and I mean, um, that, that's a panic situation for a lot of people. It sure is. And that often involves a tip over or when you do stop and try and go forward again, it's pretty tough to get traction. Often you just bury the bike or it tips over. Now what do you do? Mm -hmm. Well, um, let, let's just talk about the overall concept of what we're talking or, or what we're going to talk about here as far as technique. I'll give you the scenario. I'll set up the scenario. I ran my bike, uh, you know, partway up a hill or someone's run their bike partway up a hill they lose traction and they get stuck now or, or, or just have to stop because they're not going any further. Um, we're going to talk about how to stop the bike, the, the safe way to turn around and come back down. Exactly. Okay. And perhaps also if there is a tip over at any point, you know, on the uphill, the turnaround, whatever, what is a good way to lift your bike up? when you're, it's tipped over on a big incline. That might be something we could add. Okay, right. Oh, that's great. Okay, so so what are the steps? Like without getting into the details of each step, um, what are basically the steps of, of this? Well, as a overview, a precursor might be how to avoid 
not making it up the hill would be to have good form on your uphill. So stuff we've talked about before, be standing up, have momentum, a good shot of throttle on the flat before you get to the hill, if possible, because it's way easier to slow down going up a hill than it is to speed up. Speed up usually challenges traction too much and you may end up sliding out to the right or left. Uh, Covering the clutch is also critical, even for an uphill. And then let's say you realize, you know what, I'm not going to make it. It's too steep. It's too rutted. I didn't have enough approach speed. So either nature and gravity makes you stop or you come to the realization, I'm really starting to spin my tire now. Before I dig a big hole, I'm going to stop. So we'll cover what is the best way that we found to bring your bike to a safe stop in control okay. and to be able <laughs> be able to stay there. <laughs> okay, so um, I think the most common thought process or, or feeling that people have when they go up a hill and can't go any further, it's the same thing you do anywhere else. Them, they pull in the clutch, they pull on the front brake and try to control the bike at that point. But you're here to tell us today that's not correct. It doesn't work. If it's steep enough and loose enough terrain, and I've done it so many times as a kid or just starting on big adventure bikes before I got some training myself, uh, that instinct, you're on a tippy steep hill. So you want to put your feet down. So the only brake you have left to prevent you from sliding down the hill backwards is, as you say, Jim, the front brake. And so most of us pull in the clutch and grab the front brake. Well, imagine your front tire is a couple of feet higher than the rear tire. The angle of the hill has created the weight transfer to go back. If you were holding a coffee, it would have spilled backwards. That puts phenomenal weight on top of the rear tire and it compresses the rear suspension. So if we use the front brake, there's very little weight on the front wheel. The front suspension is stretched out, elongated. So the tire is barely on the ground. So if you grab that brake, all it does is lock up and you slide back down the hill with both feet. Mm, and probably it, crash on the way down. Yeah, because it, it, it can get pretty ugly because mm. there's very little traction with the weight all at the back. And so, particularly with, a, yeah. with an adventure bike because it's so heavy. I mean, this is a big, heavy bike we've got that we're running up a hill, maybe five, 600 plus pounds. Exactly. So, um, and the other thing we, we want to do we, automatically, we want to pull the clutch in to keep the bike running. Yes. And, 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 and you're going to tell something different there. So why don't you walk us through this then? Okay. So imagine we're riding up this big hill and we've decided, you know what? I'm not going to make it. I'm going to see if I could stop, turn around, go back down and do what I should have done in the first place. Let my buddy go first or hit it with more throttle for a second attempt, or maybe find a different route rather than try that hill. So what is not an instinctive thing to do, and it's actually very hard in practice, how many times have we ever stopped our motorcycle and done what I'm going to suggest? 
What we do is as you're going up the hill and you realize you can't make it, leave the clutch out. Take your hand right off the clutch. As the bike slows, stomp on your rear brake as hard as you can. And what happens, Jim? It stalls out and it is so counterintuitive. <laughs> it, it seems like you're doing everything wrong there. It's very hard to tell your brain not to pull that clutch in. Very, very hard. Mm. Don't touch the front brake. Total waste of time. Hammer the rear brake. And this is what happens. The engine stalls. Now you put both feet down on the ground calmly. Take a big breath. Why doesn't it fall back down the hill? Because the rear wheel's doing your braking for you. Engine braking, exactly. It's stuck in first gear, so it doesn't work in fourth. It'll Compression is very reduced in a higher gear, so it will roll back down the hill chugging. But in first gear, it may move six inches until compression stops the rear wheel from moving. The bike's engine is off. You can hear the bird singing, which helps you relax. Everything is in control. You're not going to fall over because you got both feet down on the ground. You're not falling backwards because the tire's holding it. Then what we do, throw a quick shoulder check behind you to make sure your buddy isn't charging up the hill right behind you. If it looks clear, then we do the following steps. Okay, so hang on. Just, just before you get into yeah. that, you, what you're going to get into now is the turnaround. Now, you did yes. say having both feet on the ground, likely you're only going to have one foot on the ground because you've stomped on the brake. Isn't that the right way to do it? Uh, stomp on the brake and then put your foot down as soon as the bike's dead because some of us don't have a 36-inch inseam and you're six foot something tall. Some of us are 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, so we're tippy-toed on our bikes on flat ground. So you may not be able to get both feet flat. So at that point, oh, you do the hip shift and you drop the, your exactly. left foot down. Yeah. Left foot for sure. Absolutely. Good point. So then, now that we're stopped, you can calmly assess what's going on and decide, okay, I'm going to turn around. The absolute best way to do it is put your right foot up on the peg, lean way off to the left and kick your left foot as far away from the motorcycle as possible. This is gonna cause the motorcycle to lean over to the left. Then, I'm not touching my clutch or my front brake lever or the rear brake lever because the gear's holding it, the engine's off. Mm -hmm. Turn your handlebars to the left, full lock as far as it'll go. Leaned over, you're now on the sidewall of both tires, not the center contact patch. We're on the sidewall because it's leaned. So with it at full lock, we want to go backwards in smooth, slow increments. And we do that with two fingers on the clutch. We slip it in incredibly smoothly and slowly. As the clutch disengages from the engine, the engine will allow the back wheel to slide backwards a bit. So you never grab the clutch because that would be a very quick reversal back. Right, to roll backwards. It allows it yes. to roll backwards. Yeah. And we don't want it quick. You want it smooth and slow because when you let clutch in and out, 
in this situation, the bike bounces on the suspension. That affects traction and your balance. Mm, right. <laughs> so I can't emphasize enough, and we do this in practice, very smooth clutch release. You're not pulling it all the way in because that bike will rock it backwards. And because the wheels turns, as you reverse, maybe you just go a foot, let the clutch out, the bike stops. Maybe reposition your left foot on the ground, slip it in slowly again, go back another foot. Five, six times doing this, your bike is now pivoted and it's perpendicular to the hill. It's sitting there sideways. And your left foot is uphill and you're leaning uphill. Right. So, so this way, what you've done is you, you've backed up very, very slowly on the hill and you're, you're sort of tilting into the hill. You've been tilted over to begin with to your left. And as you turn, because you're going backwards and you've, you've got the bars at a full lock to the left, now you're, you're sitting on the side of the hill, leaned uphill. Exactly. Now, I've pretty well used all the gravity that's there to help me reverse the bike. So here's another trick. I still have no hands on any levers. I'm still leaning it, but now I use my handlebars and move it full lock to the right, then back to the left, then back to the right. Every time you do that, the front tire leaned over will eat six inches of dirt and move downhill. It's sort of walking, isn't it? You're you're sort of walking as you go back and forth, back and forth. And the further over you're leaning, the sidewall of the tire and rim actually move further than if the bike's straight up and down. And if the bike is straight up and down and it tilts and falls downhill, that's a long step for your right foot and you're crashing. Mm. So it's imperative you keep leaning uphill. And you're and saying still, the more you, you the more you leaned over, the more movement you get because instead exactly. of the instead of the pivot being or, or the contact point being right under the pivot, now it's off to the side, and it really is quite a walking thing. It's it's surprising it's, how, like how much it moves. It's fantastic. Five or six of those, and your bike is almost pointing straight back down the hill, or it might be on a little bit of an angle. Now the exception to what we just talked about, where it doesn't work. If the uphill is a very deep rut and you stop in the rut, it's very hard to reverse because mm, okay. you're stuck in the rut. So we'll, you have we'll to cover that with the next technique though, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Then once I've got it pointing downhill, I collect my wits, take a deep breath, hold it with the front brake. Because now that's a fantastic brake to use because all my weight is on the front wheel because I'm pointing downhill now. Pull in the clutch, fire it up, breathe, and then slowly release front brake and clutch. But I never take my front brake off. I'm going to ride the front brake very gradually and ride the clutch because gravity is also helping me. My butt's back on the seat and it's your classic, how do we ride down a steep hill routine? And you've saved it. You're, you're down at the bottom now. You went from not making the hill to looking like you know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, most people watching say, oh, the idiot stalled his bike. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. 
But that is the safest, calmest way to turn a motorcycle around on a hill. So the real key to this, the, the real thing to get over... We're going to take a, just a quick break because I want to talk to you about a couple of things, but stick around. When we come back, we have a lot more coming up with Clinton. Stay with us. Uh, I just want to take a minute and mention about Overland Expo in case you were planning on attending any one of the events this year. The whole schedule has been postponed until next year due to COVID. And they decided uh, through a, a lot of thought process to, it was best for them to put it off till next year. So you can either just keep your tickets. Or I think you can actually book uh, online for next year. But anyway, drop by their website, overlandexpo.com. And um, don't forget about them for next year. Much of your control on your bike is in your feet, especially when you're standing, which is kind of ironic because it's probably one of the last mods that riders think of when it probably should be at the top of their list, and that's their foot pegs. The connection between your foot and your pegs is extremely important, which is why you won't see racers using stock pegs. In fact, you, you won't see serious adventure riders using stock pegs, but just buying an aftermarket, uh, an aftermarket peg isn't enough. You need to get a high-quality peg that's designed for what we do, adventure riding. And that's exactly what you get with IMS products. IMS has designed from the ground up a full line of foot pegs for us adventure riders, no matter what style of rider you are. They've got everything from uh, wide platforms with, uh, with square teeth right on down to smaller platforms with sharp teeth, all made of super tough 17.4 cast certified stainless steel, all warranted for life, all built in the U.S. by a U.S. company. I've been using them for years, and they have made a huge difference for me. IMSproducts.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, emailing, whatever, mention that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. IMSproducts.com. So the real key to this, the, the real thing to get over is that stomping on the brake that like we were saying. That, that's the counterintuitive thing. That's what I found when I, when I first started doing this was forcing myself to stall it out, to jump on the brake and stall it out because it does seem yeah. totally counterintuitive. It's something we're, we train ourselves not to do, but that's the key to this maneuver. It really is. And a high percentage of our customers who are doing some adventure bike training on this hill turnaround technique, we talk about it, we demonstrate it, and then we coach them as they're coming up the hill. We will then voice, don't touch your clutch. And guess what they do? <laughs> Pull the clutch in. It's hard yeah, not to. Which it, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. With mm -hmm. the clutch in, you stomp the brake. It doesn't stall the engine. You let your foot off the brake. It falls backwards. You fall down. So that is the hardest thing because as motorcyclists, when have we ever stopped? our brain thinking of stop without pulling in the clutch. Yeah. yeah we did that as, as beginners because we didn't know and it died, which was bad. But this is good in this instance. Let, let me just walk through this quickly because I know you've got the other one that you're going to talk about, the other technique, if, if um, we're into a rut or have another problem. So um, we run up the hill to the point where we decide we're not going to make it anymore, but we leave the clutch untouched. We leave that clutch out and fully engage. We stomp on the rear brake, stall the engine out. We tilt the bike over to the left-hand side slightly, turn the bars hard lock to the left, and then just feather that clutch a little bit at a time as we let the bike go back up a little bit, turn it back down the hill a little bit as it turns in its arc. And then we walk the bars back and forth, and there's full sweep back and forth to get that last little bit turned down. Now we're 
pointing down the hill. And then we can fire it up, like you said, take a breath and uh, ride down the hill using our front brake for control. Did I get that right? Perfect. You could teach it tomorrow, Jim. Uh, you're a good teacher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you mentioned the rut. Now we go up, we're, we're going to, we are in a rut where we can't do that turnaround. Um, yes. Or maybe we go up and we drop the bike. Yeah. Been there many times. So this instance, most people would think, okay, the bike's fallen. The front wheel is pointing up, the rear wheel down. You're stuck in the rut. They think, okay, I got to pick my bike up. So they get off and they struggle and they lift the bike up, but it's pointing uphill. What we do, as long as you've got some crash guards or maybe you've borrowed your friend's bike, we leave it on the ground and we pivot the bike. We drag the front wheel around until Wait, no, it's... No, let me just ask before we get into this. Now, now we're yeah. still leaving it in gear and, and stopping the brake to stall it out. Um, well, sometimes it may be in gear and it stalled out because you dropped it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's, we want it in gear though. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because when we do pick it up, it rolls away if it's not in gear. Mm -hmm. Plus, if it falls on the left side, it's stuck in gear and you can't get at the shifter because mm -hmm. it's up underneath the bike. So yeah, it's critical. Just leave it in gear. Shut your key off if it's going to be there for a couple minutes. Some people panic when their motorcycle falls on the ground. I'm so accomplished at dropping bikes that <laughs> I just shut the shut the key off. On the in the old days, carburetors, I would shut my fuel off so it's not, you know, the bike gets scared when it falls and gas pees out of them. Mm. I don't know the mechanics, but with fuel injection, you don't have to worry. But carburetors, shut your fuel tap off, and then you can relax. Why panic, hurt your back or pull a knee or something to lift a fallen motorcycle? Mm -hmm. No further damage is happening to it when it's on the ground. Leave the thing there. Catch your breath. Assess Take the situation. Yeah, it's, it's best to, and you mentioned the key though, but you, you can just hit the kill switch. The kill switch is your first choice. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're going to be there a few minutes, I would shut the key off just to save your battery. Sure. So when it's time to pick it up, don't until it's pointing back downhill. Because the likelihood of you being able to lift a fallen motorcycle that's on a hill and then get on and start riding back up the hill from a stop position, you're a better rider than I am. Because mm. that's very, very difficult. Hard, hard terrain, the bike's prone to wheelie because the wheel's already higher at the front than the rear. So a little inappropriate clutch droppage and it's going to loop over. If it's soft terrain, mud, loose sand, gravel, there's no way you're getting up the hill on a heavy adventure bike. I don't care how much throttle you'll give it. It'll just bury. So I think the best maneuver is to turn the bike around and go back down. So what we've taught, uh, all our bikes are equipped with engine crash guards. And I wouldn't ride an adventure bike without it. We got our new BMW fleet a few weeks ago, as soon as COVID released them. Uh, I didn't ride them until I put the crash guards on and oh, the yeah. aggressive tires. It's just not worth it because... If you drop it once, I don't know what a, I do know a, 
a head cylinder head on a BMW is twelve hundred dollars. Wow. The engine, the engine guard's three hundred. Hmm. So it's just. And we're going to drop our bikes. <laughs> that's what they're made for. They're tough. Well, that's why you bought an adventure bike to do those sorts of things. You have to figure you're going to do it. Exactly. So when it's on the ground, what we do is we tilt the front wheel up and pivot the bike. We roll it on the front tire because the bike's on the ground and it spins the motorcycle around. So a GS is particularly good at this because the horizontally opposed cylinder head is sticking out. So none of the body work is on the ground. It's just the cylinder head or the crash guard around it. And we pivot it around on that point until the bike's pointing downhill again. So when you say pivot it down, what you're saying is um, we're, we're still turning the bars to the left, aren't we? as it's laying on the ground, if it's laying on its left side. Yes. Uh, and that sounds confusing over the radio, but basically I want the tire up in the air pointing up. So the contact patch of the front tire, as I roll it and drag it, it's helping take some of the weight and it's doing what a front tire is supposed to. It gives us traction and helps turn the bike. So just to so, be clear, though, the contact patch, when you're talking about the contact patch, it's at the front of the bike. It's not at exactly. the front of the front wheel, not at the back. That's correct. So you have to turn the wheel, whichever you have to do. If, if you're on the left, you turn to the left. If you're on the right-hand side, you got to turn it to the to the right-hand side. And when you're, when you're um, rolling the wheel, you're actually rolling the wheels. The front wheel is actually kind of driving the bike around, isn't it? It's awesome. Really works. I found that by accident. It's really cool. Yeah, I've, I've seen a video that you have, which we'll put a link to in the show notes, um, which shows this perfectly. Yeah, and that was when I decided that worked <laughs> when I was shooting that video. But it's really important safety-wise, uh, even though it's a hot day, I think you should have your gloves on and your helmet on. Because once you pick up the bike and you want to ride it down the hill, you're going to walk back up the hill, put your helmet on. Right. It's crazy. But rotors on a brake, if you were riding you know, fairly aggressively four minutes before – you can burn your hands on brake components and rolling this wheel around, you know, you may slip and get your hand caught. Mm -hmm. So definitely have your gloves on. Also your fingers in the spokes because, you know, obviously where the wheel rolls around in between the forks, if your fingers get jammed in there, the bike's heavy, it's pushing itself downhill. And you also have to be careful if you have a friend helping you because sometimes people can get excited. So you, you yes. really have to watch your fingers in there. Exactly. Think of all the money your mom spent on those piano lessons. <laughs> right out the window. Yep, gone. <laughs> so um, we've we've pulled the the bike around by by turning the front wheel and basically driving the bike around, and then it's just the same as the other one. We're, we're basically standing it up, but you have a method for picking the bike up. Yeah, I think we've talked about how to pick up a fallen bike. There's mm -hmm. twenty. 22 different versions floating around. Um, the German instructor that taught us, taught us handlebar for leverage. And when we got really busy with adventure bike training, um, I was lucky enough to be able to send two of our instructors to Germany so they could get certified in adventure bike training. And they were taught the more traditional, I think, put your butt on the seat facing away from the bike 
grab the seat and the handlebars and use your leg and back to stand up the bike. Mm. Uh, um, and that works in some situations. However, you can get your bike up, lifted up. But in this particular instance, when you're on the side of a hill, what I find that works better for me is I grab the lowest handlebar that's on the ground. So maybe it's a clutch side. And I put two hands underneath that, bend my knees, because I'm not 21. If you're under 21, don't listen to this part. You can just lift it. Let's <laughs> <Just> go ahead. <laughs> but if you're a mature person, you don't want to wreck your back because you're not going to do much riding with a wrecked back or pulled groin muscle or something. So you want to bend your knees, have an almost straight back. And then with the bars at full lock, lift upwards. And that way, um, you're getting the bike off the ground, utilizing the leverage of the handlebar. Right, because it's out of distance from the bike itself. Now, the position you're talking about is, is kind of like what you would do when you're younger and you're giving a friend a, a lift up or something and you, and you lock your fingers together and let them step into your hands. You know, some people will exactly. do that. Exactly. That's, that's the sort of feeling. That's a great analogy. I'm going to use that when I'm teaching it. Great. <laughs> See, I told you, you could teach tomorrow. <laughs> so you're lifting and thrusting with your from your tippy toes. You launch upwards. And that way you're getting strength of the foot and ankle as well. And then the bike stands up. But you visually can see how high it's getting and your arms can control how far it goes. With your butt on the seat and you're thrusting upwards, that's harder to control. And I have seen customers flip their bike over the other side down the hill. Mm-hmm. And they had to do the whole procedure again. Now, the thing is with the, with your back to it, that's probably your strongest position to be in to lift it up. But the real downside I find with that, with that method is that then you have to turn yourself around. And unless you've been lucky enough to fall on the right-hand side and, then you, and, and you're at a good solid ground, which I don't know why you've been doing this otherwise, then you can flip your kickstand out and then, and then pick it up with your back to the bike and then have it lean on the kickstand. That's great. That's all very convenient. But in my world, nothing ever happens convenient for me. And no. I find that when I get the bike up in that position, usually in slippery mud or something, I then have to twist my body around and then try and hold on to it and balance it while I'm doing it. Whereas doing the, the handlebar lift that you described, as you said, you, you've got it all in control. You're facing the right way. You've got the hold of the handlebar, your best leverage point. You're all set to deal with this machine when you get it up to the balance point. Yes, exactly. Now, we should mention, in case any of the listeners have the 12-inch high-rise cruiser bars on their bike, the very high ape-hanger bars that are often seen on street cruising motorcycles don't lift those bikes by the bar because there's too much unsupported weight on the handlebar where our adventure bike bars, there's usually some kind of a crossbar between the left side and the right side of the handlebar where we might put a cushioned bar pad Mm. and that supports the handlebar. If it's a good quality motorcycle, you're not going to bend those bars by lifting them. So don't worry about bending adventure bike bars. You'll never do it by lifting it. Otherwise they bend when you drop it anyway. Exactly. Mm. 
Well, that's it then. I mean, we, we've got it down, really. That's it. You can you can take it right at hill. And the great thing about this these methods that you just taught us is that it takes the fear out of trying a hill. I mean, you can look at the hill and check it out in advance. You can walk it in advance. But but if you want to try it, you can do this and and do it with the, you know under control. Exactly. So the the portion I'll use on a couple of days from now. Tomorrow is more basic, but that's a bit more of an advanced skill. We'll do on the second day. It's the grass is about eight inches long, nice and soft, a little slippery in the morning. So we've learned to do that after lunch because that gets very exciting. Wet grass stops. Mm. Uh, so we'll do it in the soft grass. People have full gear on. There's no way you can get hurt. Your bike won't get hurt because we really highly recommend crash guards. And you just gently lay the bike down if we demonstrate this hill turnaround with my dropped bike. Sometimes other customers will volunteer and they drop their bikes and we fib and say, oh, folks, you know, Joe wanted to try this. So why don't you park <laughs> your bikes, gather around and we use it as a teaching um, occurrence. It's fantastic. Then I don't have to drop mine. But the whole idea is you don't have to do this to practice, but you should know how to do it for the eventuality that it happens. But the turnaround, people should practice on a very gentle grade. You don't have to be on a mountain to do this because it's the technique of slow, smooth clutch slippage to reverse and just practicing stomping the brake without pulling the clutch in. That takes practice. Yeah, that's very- probably the tough part, isn't it? I mean, once you've got yeah. that down, you can work through the rest, but that's the tough one. Yeah. When I demo it to prove that I'm not touching the clutch, I put my left hand on my helmet and then ride up standing up and then stomp the brake and the bike coughs and bleh. And it doesn't go anywhere with one hand. So don't practice it with one hand. I just do that to show because they can't see the clutch where they are. Mm. Now, um, I'm asking this for a friend. It's never happened to me. Uh, but, <laughs> but um having the bike in a, in a precarious position where you know trying to turn and go up a up a hill kind of an odd spot quite an odd spot anyway the bike falls over and the the shifter is actually knocked so it's in neutral and i can't get yeah. the friend couldn't get the bike in gear to pick it up i'll tell you it is difficult when you've got a muddy surface you're standing on you're too low for the bike because of the way the terrain is to try and pick it up being in gear is everything and not being it able is. to get in, get it in gear makes it tremendously difficult. Oh, it's horrible. I can remember about four years ago, um, it's a trail that we use on 250 dirt bikes. And I had that uh, HP2 BMW, I think I told you I bought. Yeah. It's a kind of an old, very lightweight, but kind of racy engine. It's a pretty cool bike. Anyway, I thought, well, I'm the king of the trails on this bike. I'm going to go up that trail. And it had rained pretty hard the day before. I would have been able to fly up it on a 250. But on a 1200, I lost control, fell over on the left. And just as you'd said, the way I crashed, I don't know if it was a rock or whatever, the bike's in neutral. So how are you going to pick that up? I was in the mud. It was really ugly. And I was so mad at myself because the bike was spotless now it's on its side i was just glad i wasn't with students 
<laughs> well, that, that brings me to my question. I, I didn't get to the question because the, the question is, so, so what do you do? Because the, wow. the, the, yeah. the, the time I'm describing actually happened twice to me, really, to the person, the friend. Um, the, <laughs> the one time I got it into gear again, it, you know, by messing around with it, got it into gear. But as soon as I moved it, it went into neutral again. So it's the way it fell and the, the, the way the dirt was mounted up or something was perfect yes. to hit the lever. What do you do? Yeah, well, what I did is I actually got very, very dirty, but I had a good adventure suit on. I crawled, lay down beside the bike on the shifter side, and I jammed my leg in under the cylinder enough that I could get my hand in at the shifter. And then with my boot, because sometimes you use your hand or foot to put a bike into gear and it won't go. But if you rock the back wheel back and forth a little as you put downward or upward pressure it'll shift and that's what I was able to do so it was quite a contortionist act so I had one foot on the wheel one knee under the engine and then I could get my hand on the gear shifter so got it in first dragged the bike to the pivot point where it was pointing downhill uh, almost dropped it again in the mud trying to lift it with the handlebar. And I'm laughing at myself thinking, thank God the students aren't here watching. They would have asked for a refund. <laughs> this guy's our instructor. But um, it worked. I got down the hill. But that's the only time I can remember it hitting neutral after a crash on a hill. Well, Clinton, thank you very much. Those are two techniques and uh, two techniques we've learned today to, to climb hills. And um, I think it, it really takes the fear out of it. Our practice is to go out there and, and try on a small hill and, and definitely do the brake stomp. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be all set for another season. Clinton, thank you very much. My pleasure. And remember, let your friend go first. <laughs> that saves a lot of trouble. Awesome, Jim. Oh, well, Thanks a lot, Clinton. Best, Jim. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Yep, talk to you later. Bye. Cheers. I've been speaking with Clinton Smout from his training grounds at the Horseshoe Resort in Ontario, Canada. Now, as you heard Clinton say, he's already going for 2020 after this COVID shutdown. So if you're in Ontario, close by or coming through, Check out Smart Adventures and uh, and look at the programs he has. Smartadventures.ca is the website. You can book uh, your instruction online. And of course, we'll put that link in the show notes for this episode. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. about 
wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and of course to you, the listener. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Hey, if you're not doing it already, this show is built on a model of advertising and listener support to make the whole thing work. We need your support. We need you to drop by the website, adventureriderradio.com, click on support. You can support monthly on our patron account, which we would love. That's beautiful. You can do that. Anything $50 or more is a one-time support, gets you a mention on Raw. Anything $10 or more gets you a sticker sent at you. We get a bunch of different things on there. And the other thing I'd like to ask of you is to give us a rating on iTunes, on Podbean, wherever it is that you're listening to the show. Give us a rating. Of course, I want a five-star rating. I hope I'm not asking too much. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. My name is Jim Martin. Talk to you next week. Hey, I'm Billy Bike Truck. You're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. <laughs>